When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I'm Tyler Metcalf, joined, as always, by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how are we doing? Doing good, Metcalf. Um, another week of talking some some draft prospects, some basketball. Uh, just looking at the countdown and wanting it to go faster, but I'm, I'm excited. Another episode. Shocker alert for every one of the listeners. I'm excited. I feel like I say that every single episode. So happy to be back. Thanks for everyone checking in. Metcalf, how are you doing? Fantastic. Very excited for this weekend. Very excited for college football to officially be back. Yeah. Um, you know, just just fun stuff. We, we, we got Minnesota, Nebraska tonight. Go Gophers. Got Michigan opening up this weekend. Go Blue. Um, just, God, it's football season. We're, it's almost basketball season. It's nice distraction um, to have football back so I can be like, okay, I need something to help time something. go faster. It's something. Yeah, and something. It, it's, it, it just means we're one step closer to basketball season. Um, have you been watching much of FIBA? Uh, yeah. The only game I didn't pull off was the one thirty in the morning start. Um, like you don't even care. for that one. I, I can't do that much. That's usually my hours. You know, I'm usually the 3 a.m. in the middle of the grind, but I was like, I got to pick my battle. So watched a couple games. Um, you know, I, Team USA's bench is just awesome. Like, I just love the energy some of the guys bring off. And I think it's also important. People are like, well, why aren't they starting some of these guys? And I'm like, well, because you have the luxury of that bench coming in and really bringing energy. Like, that's, you know, you're trying to get a rotation. You try to build some consistency but what do you have you watched any of the games i mean ants looked good at times um it's i won't get too off track it's always funny some guys that are like studs in the nba that fiba they just can look like different players Mm -hmm. and like brandon ingram i think is so awesome but i feel like in fiba he's kind of looked a little hit or miss sometimes and i'm like i understand that you know you it's a different world um Paulo looks like he might be a team USA guy for the next eight years. I just love Paulo Bencaro on FIBA play. What about you? Yeah. And I, I I've watched when I can, um, I, I haven't been destroying my sleep schedule for it necessarily. <laughs> um, but if I have time, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll download the game from synergy or, you know, watch it in the morning with my, with my coffee. Um, it, it's just such a different game. And, you know, I, some of the hot takes about guys either being absolute bums or, you know, the second coming um, have been interesting and, you know, it's whatever. It's the only basketball we got right now. So it's, it's fun. And I, you know, I kind of feel like the, the big takeaways from international play um, should only be excitement. If a young guy really starts kind of turning the corner, like Darius Halliburton, Austin Reeves, 
Anthony Edwards, you know, and it, with, with the guy like Ant, I know in the exhibition games, he was really showing out and slow start to the actual tournament, but he's still doing the little things like playing really good defense, moving the ball, rebounding, moving off ball, that kind of stuff. So even though the points haven't been awesome, he's still doing stuff that a lot of people really didn't think he was capable of coming out of school. So, you know, that, that that's just been a really fun development in, in his game specifically. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see kind of their team moving forward to some of the big, you know, heavyweights. Um, but I, I've loved watching them because they're just a scrappy, tough team now that, you know, like guys like Josh Hart, you realize like mm-hmm. this, they're very important for setting the tone with some of the stuff. Jaron Jackson Jr.'s looked awesome. Um, I Reeves, man, but just what a story. Like he had one game, he came in. I was like, the game shifted when Reeves came in and, and that bench unit, like I've said before, it's just looked awesome. So it's a fun team. It, yeah. It's kind of a big, like, okay, who can step up? And um, Halliburton's been a joy to watch sometimes. And like I said, Paulo, it, it really is a fun team for like the youth. That's yeah. why I, I love watching the young teams, the young players that get to build confidence there and, you know, usually there's you've seen a lot of players that when they get their shot to play with Team USA, they almost carry it and it pays off big ways at the NBA level. Like Clay Thompson, when he did it, it's, you've seen it with a lot of players. So, um, yeah, it's been awesome. And it's any basketball I can yeah. watch. I'm like, just yeah, all right, I'm in. So, so you're telling me that you're enjoying really well organized and constructed basketball play, being played at a really high level. Um, more than some of these really fascinating high school and EYBL games that we've been diving into. It's a good way to balance it out. Metcalf, okay. <laughs> it's a good way to balance it out, but um, no, I mean, it's, it's just exciting stuff. You know, it, it's cool when guys are playing for the country or, yeah. um, and they're so prideful. Like that's, yeah, that's, they, they, I there's love always a different sense of pride. And, you know, we obviously just big overview on the USA team, but internationally they're, you know, SGA is dominating with Canada. Yeah. Doncic looks, looks like Doncic. You know, th- there's talent galore. But this is not a FIBA episode, as you can tell by the title. We're diving back into 2024 prospects. Caleb Foster, Garway Dual, Matos Buzelis. Looked into it. Caleb Foster, uh, ESPN's 24th ranked recruit, headed to Duke, listed at six foot three, 180 pounds. And as a point guard, which I thought was interesting, I didn't really get point guard vibes from him. But Caleb Foster uh, headed to a loaded Duke roster uh, with guards. Um, how they disperse all of that, we kind of mentioned that in the previous episode with Jared McCain. I think it's going to be fascinating. But Rucker, where are you at with Caleb Foster? Kind of big picture. Okay, so I have to call you out. Where did you get the six three foot three ranking? Because ES- ESPN okay. and Duke's website, I believe. No, Duke has him at six five one ninety seven. Oh, okay. So, well, then when I look when I looked for that, he was not. They had not updated that. Okay, okay. So the only reason I'm calling you out is because watching him on tape, he looks big to me. Like he looks like a big combo guard. Yeah, um, agreed. Shooting guard almost, I want to say, leaning that way. Caleb's one of those players that, you know, obviously he's going to Duke. We've talked in previous episodes of that Duke roster is going to be really exciting, especially the backcourt. It's going to be crowded, so who's going to separate themselves? And I feel like a lot of people think that Caleb could almost be 
a maybe he doesn't get the shine that he did as a one and done, but he could explode as a sophomore breakout. And I mean, watching his film and, and there's still some people that are, you know, have him as a preseason lottery um, ranking despite that crowded backcourt. But man, watching that film, I was like, this kid can play. And I'm really excited about his game. I'm excited to, I'm excited for all three of these players. I'm pretty pumped about you know each of them in their own way. But um, Caleb surprised me. One of those pleasant film sessions that you keep finding stuff quickly that you're like, I'm a fan of this. So, what did you think, Metcalf? Yeah, and the the scoring was the first thing that really stood out to me. And you know, just kind of scrolling through some of his game logs at first, you know, just trying to find games to watch, you know, what to avoid, make sure that he actually played in the game before I download it and uh, watch it. It's like, you know, you're looking at the points column. It's like 38, 25, 44, 33. I'm like, does this dude ever have an off shooting night? And not really. Um, but it's not that he's just a, you know, lights out spot up shooter or, you know, this super inefficient volume score. I thought there was real three level scoring craft to his game and real scoring versatility. That was really, really exciting. Um, especially, and you know, now that I've learned that he's six, five and almost 200 pounds, uh, that is a much more intriguing physical package to go along with those scoring tools. Um, because I, you know, in my notes for cons, I have size because six three guards, uh, especially six three shooting guards, not a great track record. But twenty extra pounds and two extra inches, that that tends to change things. I, I'm I'm really excited. That was one of the things watching his film. I was like, oh, six five, huh? Like yeah. just kind of intrigued. Where I was like, he has the handles really pop at me. The the handles the multi-level scoring ability like you're saying um and i think the handles it's almost like he's flashing that there could be lightning in a bottle when it comes to like he can really get you know in and out quick with some handles and i'm like all right if you add another element to that you know another counter or or another way to set up a defender i like when he can get downhill i i even wrote down like his balance really impresses me is lower body like strengths when it comes to getting in and out of like driving lanes or, or attacking the defense. Um, he glides through traffic. He gets up in the air and has creative finishes. There's just a lot of checking the boxes when it comes to this lethal scoring upside that Caleb Foster absolutely. I'm like, damn Duke <laughs> heck of a backcourt. Like I'm a fan of all three, young guards they're gonna have um and in this year yeah so let's stay on how he fits with duke for a, a minute here um so the big names there are obviously tyrus proctor and jared mccain how do you think that whole kind of guard rotation is going to play out and where do you kind of see caleb foster slotting in there i mean the funny thing is I feel like we did the Jared McCain episode and we were like, you know, I'd love to see Jared and Tyrese Proctor play and, you know, be a little combo guard heavy. Mm -hmm. And maybe Foster could be, if he could showcase, he can play off the ball and be effective. I like that more. Um, because I, I don't know if you, if you feel this way, I feel like he could transform to being more of like a, Hey, you're going to play off the ball and, 
be a creator to get I, your I shot. I thought that's where he looked best yes honestly or mo- the most efficient or that that was when he was off ball and using that kind of scoring versatility and strength and balance and footwork as an off ball creator I, that sounds weird but i'm i'm lacking a better term for it right now when but when he was playing more of that shooting guard role um or that secondary creator role that's where i thought he looked most comfortable and most efficient and most effective yeah, he has that off ball. I know what you're trying to say. He almost has like the the vision and ability to set people up like a point guard, but he can play off the ball and really create his own stuff. Like I, I I'm right there with you. I feel good about him as like a a plus sized, almost like a plus size facilitator with multi level scoring ability, but. And he, you know, he's just really he's really eager and really great at punishing like defensive mistakes, whether it's a sloppy closeout or a, a lackluster rotation. He is countering your momentum and he's making you pay a lot of the times because he's getting into the paint really, really quickly and typically scoring in there. But then he also showed flashes of being able to kick out or, you know, s- some interior passing stuff, which we'll get into later. Um, but that ability to like you were saying, kind of set up defenders like we t- kind of typically see from a non-ball creator, but we see it more in isolation creation and pick and roll stuff where they catch the defender leaning too early in the screen and then they deny it and go the other way or vice versa. He kind of does a similar thing, but with closeouts and rotations and switches and, and that kind of off-ball movement to set up those opportunities for himself and others. Absolutely. I I think something that jumped out at me too is – um. At first, I was watching a couple of plays, and I was like, oh, "Do we have a? Do we have any afterburners here?" And then, when he wants to take it up another notch, he's got that speed to really like, "Whoa, okay!" And it's almost uh, it's like sneaky burst is what I like to call it, where it's like, "Yeah, I don't think he's the super other explosive, but yeah. it's like that that speed and like short distances, yeah, like quickness almost to like he can push it a little bit, but I, and maybe that's a little bit of like he is." under control he goes at his speed until he realizes like okay I, I i have that juice in the tank to push it if i need to but um just a lot like seeing him dance through traffic and finish with impressive you know up and under fakes to with touch like there's just he looks like a scorer he yeah. looks like he's got that scoring mentality that scoring talent to just be versatile and and be a nightmare so i i'm really excited about him it's just one of those names too where you know i'm making my board and throwing names around and then you watch caleb foster film like deeper and i'm like yeah we're gonna probably adjust this ranking quickly so like i it it's gonna be fun class everyone stop saying it's not gonna be you better get on get on that train i would love caleb foster as a potential like developmental piece if I was a team, like he has a lot of, a lot of upside. Yeah. And I, I think there's a ton of, I we've been preaching and, you know, um, praising the, the offensive side of his game, but I, I think there's a lot of potential on the defensive end too, where it's not, he's not necessarily a lot, a lockdown defender, but that, that strength that he has and that balance in the footwork, it, it shows up a good amount where it's like, he'll really lock down a guy on ball. And it's like, where was that the previous 20 minutes, Caleb? Because 
now you're showing me that you can do it. I, I need to see that a little more. And maybe at Duke where he's not necessarily the guy all the time uh, that comes out a little more, but wh- where are you at with his defense? I, I'm there's flashes where I'm like, I need that more often. Um, I saw some good off ball stuff where it's, he understands to rotate and be where, where, where he should be for positioning. Yeah. Um, some help side or blocks where I'm like, that's really impressive. Um, I think maybe the one area that just jumped out at me is like, I think he rated out good when I was watching e- EYBL stuff on him. Cause I just went back. I was like, I need as much as I can get. Um, but defensively he rated out good, but I think there's some screen navigation where it's just that first step gets a little wide when it comes to like, you know, adjusting and chasing. And I feel like that'll be something that's figured out, but he's also had some where he's right on the hip and he can test the layup and and a pick and roll defense. So I I think there's good flashes, good foundation to, to grow, but I'm like you, he's, he's big, he's tough got a good strength so there's room there for some stuff to get exciting um defensively it's just got to be more consistent in my book yeah agreed and i i do think that he tended to make up for you know any lapses with really excellent rebounding um, yeah. especially for his position i would that was something that seemed to pop every game where it's like god this dude is really hitting the boards um but you're not drafting a six five guard to be a good rebounder it's just kind of you know cherry on top of the sunday um but let, let's dive into some of his film here so let, let's start with the scoring and i you know you i just i love just his ability to kind of adjust here and what we were talking about earlier with that ability to create off ball and attack closeouts guy kinds the defender closes out high in his stance Foster immediately blows by, has that deceleration to avoid the rotating defender and the, you know, the, the, the creativity to adjust and finish around it. Yeah. The midair adjustment with him, usually when you, when I see a play like this, I'm like, okay, is this fool's gold or is this a reoccurring theme? And then I saw like eight more sequences like this where I'm just like, no, this is a, this is a talent. Like this is of a headache. This would be a very annoying headache if you're a, like a a rim protector or a big man looking for blocks because you think you got him and all of a sudden it's just oh, mid-air adjustment, you know, perfect layup off the off the glass. And that's where I'm like I, he's going to be a potential headache if the impressive handles almost unlocks another level to get kind of his shot whenever he wants and I think there is a lot of circumstances in which that exists but just just building off of it and continuing to build that handle yeah and you you talk about the handle you know i there's nothing super flashy here but he's just constantly handling pressure and then it just has the strength to finish through the through the defender and he you know goes into the defender and takes away his ability to kind of elevate and really wall up and i mean he's getting hounded here by multiple guys secures it through traffic and isn't shy about going through through about going through contact i think the handle sometimes like at first i was like oh he can get that a little wide and then all of a sudden he just will have it on a string and i'm like all right so you're you're under control with this um you're not getting too crazy with it but it's like you said i I, I, he's fearless to get downhill he understands his frame and how he can get attack and go right into defenders and i think that's what 
gets so creative. Like that clip, it's so many players are just out of control. And I feel like he constantly finds a way to get the balance back and understand where to go and navigate through traffic. So. Yeah. And then I, he can do it out of the pick and roll too, where he's not just attacking closeouts, but I, yeah, I just I'm... love the burst downhill. Once that lane opens up um, the strength to hold off the defender and then finish on the opposite side of the rim, just low hesitation coming off that screen too. That's like a play that just screams like, Oh, this is a hooper. This is a scoring mentality. Cause it's the great hesitation right after you get that initial screen to just kind of pause and freeze almost the line of defense and then just hitting that step right there is where I'm talking like the sneaky burst where it's like, Oh, he's right on his hip. And then you just blow by and one with great touch on the other side of the basket. Like that's a play that just jumps at me of like, Oh yeah, that's a bucket getter right there. Like he understands where to get people to bite. And I think a lot of young ball handlers would come off that screen and almost commit too early to that drive. And because you're patient, like I love also the freeze frame of the big guy going, where's everybody else? You know, like, what'd you expect me to do? And it's like, that's why he's going to be a frustrating guy. Yeah. Hands up. Like, come come on, on. what's going on? Come on, on, buddy. No, that, 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 that's on you. You you screwed up your level. You screwed up your lane. You turned the wrong way. (sighs) I love, I love big clumsy big or clumsy big dudes, just the best. Um, but I, the, the the scoring is is the the big intrigue, and I think Foster's kind of day one skill. But when we think about him translating and growing into an NBA role at that size, that just screams NBA combo guard. When you look at six five, you know you got guys like Jamal Murray who's six four, Devin Booker six five, guys like that, and that's where the playmaking really has to come along because those are two areas where those guys have really, really grown a lot, especially Jamal Murray with the the kind of two-man game he runs with Jokic. I think we've seen some of that with Foster, not necessarily to that level, but I think there's still some playmaking stuff to his game. I mean, first, I just love that rebound, pushes in transition, collapses yeah. everyone, and then just knows he has his guy trailing on the wing and kicks it out right into his shooting pocket. I came away really intrigued with the playmaking. Um because it's not it's not flashy Metcalf, no. but there's a lot of really good feel understanding. Um, I I hate that I'm just gonna keep comparing it all the time, but it's the Asar Thompson thing to me of just like you, he's gonna find you. Like he understands like oh I defense collapsed, this is where the ball should go, and I love that recognition. I saw um, a lot of plays in which I'm like, that's a great kick. That's a great decision. It's great extra. And it's not going to be on a highlight reel, but for draft sickos and evaluators, you're checking the box right there of like, yep, that's exactly what we want to see. And to get an assist, you. Oh, have to make the shot. Thank you. I'm listening. That's going to be a thing all year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, but here we have another one. We kind of see that similar hesitation and attack move that we saw in the, the finish through contact earlier. Um, but this time he's collapsing the defense on him and reading that weak side and making, a, a again, just another perfect kickout pass. Right. It's just a lot of that. It, that's where I'm saying the handle. Like there's some good, there's some good handles to kind of get the defense to react. And then he surveys and is like, okay, where am I supposed to go? I attacked, everyone collapsed, make the easy read instead of, you know, 
I like that decision instead of like, hey, I'm in traffic. Let me throw up a floater here. Mm-hmm. Um, Which he does sometimes. A bit about. Yeah, yeah. He's capable of making this read, which, you know, right. when you think about him playing alongside a guy like Jared McCain or Tyrese Proctor, that's where it's like, oh, I like him kicking out to those guys a lot more. Um, but like as he attacks here, you know, he gets both defenders to close on him. That lane goes away. Um, this, def- you know, defender at the top of the arc still is kind of in the passing lane. So he just backs it out. Little escape dribble, which sends that defender a couple steps the other way, creates that lane. Then he attacks gets five defenders in the paint here and just makes an easy read. He he, It's keeping it simple and just kind of moving guys with not everything has to be the flashiest move or combination or pass in the world. It's just, is it the right one? And he tends to do that a lot with his playmaking. Amen. Doesn't need to be flashy. Just needs to and be the we'll right end one. And we'll on a little flashiness here. I love that play. <laughs> I watched this play like five times. I was just like, and the, I think my favorite part of this is it's literally off of his own rebound. And it's yeah. just a quick reaction of ball fake, drive, reward. Like, and it's, it was a good shot. I liked it, but just the understanding of react of like, where, where do I go right after this? And I love that the first <laughs> mentality of his head is ball fake and attack instead of some guys would be like, Oh, reload. Like throw it right back up. And I love that. It's like, no, let me put it down, attack and make an easy play for my teammate. No, it's just, that's great. That's yeah. It's beautiful that we see a lot of guys make plays like that in the NBA. Um, Okay. I'm so damn excited about this class because guys like this, I keep watching and I'm like, what is stop with the bad rep. Now I know I'm not saying like Caleb Foster, like, Oh, superstar. I'm just saying there's a lot of really good like stuff brewing in this class where I'm like, this could get fun folks. Like get excited. I'm driving (laughs) myself crazy. I want people to be excited. Are we done with Caleb or do you want to move on to other areas of concern? Um, Do do you have any big picture thoughts with any remaining, anything I missed? I mean, I, I think he could be, kind of a quick riser i think it's just how does it work with duke it's yeah. a fantastic problem to have because i yep. i could see caleb playing off the ball and playing with those guys i, um, I think he is going to be the one out of those three that spends most of his time off ball here's a question for you could they go small ball and play them all I, of them yeah i i, I think really so. i really want them to at least experiment with it a lot like early in the season like with these preseason tournaments or cupcake games or whatever i want to see a lot of those three um with filipowski at center and then mark mitchell mark mitchell four four yeah or or, you know you got a guy like sean stewart too yeah i like mark mitchell a little more um yeah it makes some sense to me i think there's some really really fun and creative stuff that they can run and i'm just dreading that we're gonna get just a fuck ton of Jeremy Roach and Jalen Blake's no. lineups, which, you know, no, no disrespect <laughs> to those guys, but kind of disrespect to those guys. A um, death lineup of those three guards with Mark Mitchell at the four and Filipowski. Like I will get pumped on that because Filipowski with those three guys and playmaking upside, they're scoring upside. And then Mark Mitchell's just the connecting utility weapon 
that plays tough defense. Yeah. I'm in. I'd be pumped on that. That'd be tough to deal with. That would Because uh, be. I, I think Caleb could play your small ball three um, with just his game. Yeah. I, I know he's 6'5", but I think he, he But would... he is a, Well, I mean, he just grew two inches in the last yeah. half hour. <laughs> you don't know. So <laughs> who's to know what he, he'll be next week? Um, um, but that'd be good. Real quick, I mean, what do you, have, what do well, you think Mark Mitchell's listed at? Six, seven. Give me a wait. Two twenty. Duke has him listed at six nine two thirty two. I'm in. That I'm dude, in that dude is playing power forward this year. Oh gosh, I needed. This is my problem with the measurements on the team website. I need last year's. Oh wait, this is a hack. Okay, you talk and I'll find it out. Because I think ESPN, shout out Worldwide Leader of Sports, um, doesn't have the updated one. So I always get the fun one of like getting their measurements from freshman year. It's always great. Mark Mitchell, Duke, freshman, was 6'8", 220. So he grew an inch and put on 12 pounds. Thank you, Mark. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Yes, and... and- I think Caleb, you know, actually being six five, or you know, at least being listed as six five, makes the the three guard lineup of him, McCain, Proctor, a lot more feasible. I think it makes it a lot more realistic, and they'll probably have to play a good amount of zone um, with those five out there. But they do have the potential to go man and be super switch heavy. It'll be fascinating to see how Filipowski looks after that hip surgery. Um, I, I just think there's a lot of really interesting ways they can go and a couple dreadful ways that I'm horrified that they might go. I'm right there with you. Okay. Um, that's all I got on Caleb Foster. Let's move on to our way to all who is one of my favorite players in this draft. Um, he was tremendous during hoop summit week. I know he didn't really get to play much in the game, in the practices and scrimmages. He was giving guys the business, uh, number 44 recruit on ESPN, uh, headed to Providence, six, 590 pound point guard. Rucker, where are you at with Garway? I love Garway. Um, I think there's a lot of, you know, draft diehards out there that have already started to get in on that train too. Um, big fan. I'm, I'm a very big fan. Um, it's one of those. I don't, I think it's only a matter of time. I, um, I think he's going to be a popular name with NBA scouts. Um, wouldn't shock me if he's a one and done. Wouldn't shock me if he's a breakout sophomore guy that just explodes. Yeah. Um, but I think it's pre-draft candidate just because teams are going to be like no we love you we would take you early um and i don't know how early it is it's it's just going to be really interesting to see what he he can do this year but the size the length the defense um is very fun to get excited about and then i will see playmaking stuff where i'm like oh gosh and there's just scoring natural instincts where I'm like, Oh gosh. Like, so it's really fun. It's just matter of time. I I, I feel like, okay, when does it click? Does it, is it going to click the second month of the season? And it's just like, everyone buckle up or does it take a while? And and 
I think the talent is so exciting. Love his defense. Um, I'm trying to figure out, remember the wingspan. Doesn't he have a crazy wingspan? I feel like um, even I in, don't remember off the top no, of my head, I'll but I think it. it was like, I thought it was like plus four or five. Um, but I, the, the it, it feels like it's like plus two feet um, based on how many steals he gets and how quick and timely he is with his hands. I, I just, I think the way that he plays on ball and acts as that true point guard and on ball creator is really special because he just plays at his own speed and he can play slow. He can play fast. He never gets sped up. He's always under control and really composed under pressure. And he just has those long strides and that the strength too. I know he's skinny, but he plays really strong and can hold guys off and uses his shoulders well, and then uses that length to extend. He just plays at his own speed and gets into the paint whenever he wants. I, it's tough to get him uncomfortable um, on ball, which when you think about translating that to Providence and Big East play, that's fun. Um, He measured at Nike Hoop Summit with a 6'10.5 wingspan. There they had him listed at 6'4.5", 175. Providence's basketball site has him at 6'5", 190. So... Putting on 15s, pretty damn sweet. Um, and then, like Metcalf saying, almost add in plus five. I mean, if this number's right, plus six wingspan. There's fun stuff. Yeah. Um, he's a really, really fun player that I, I think it didn't take long. I think at Hoop Summit, drink for everyone, if you know, every time we bring up Hoop Summit, I think that was like the first guy. Um, you brought up to me, you're like, man, the wall looks sweet. And then I think later Corey would, couldn't stop talking about it. And eventually me and Albert were going nuts about him. So there's plenty of fans out there. Yeah. Um, th- no one think that you're starting that army first because <laughs> it's been a very popular name, like circling like Garway. I, I mean, I'm going to have him top 20 easily. I, I absolutely love his game. It's just, a guy like that, I'm not being like, oh, he's going to play in the NBA, maybe. I'm like, no, it's going to happen. It's just when, how fast yeah. do things come together. But I don't think he's going to be one that you're chasing. Another guy. I don't think you're chasing Garway to Wall putting up 20 a game this year. It's not going to happen. I don't think so. No. But he might be putting up two and a half steals and five assists and you know almost 10 points a game and just be like, oof, a lot of upside. Yeah, so where are you at with his scoring game? Because I I feel like the shooting mechanics look fine. I feel like he's pretty good with extension finishes and stuff around the rim, but it just doesn't feel like scoring is what he wants to be doing out there and that he kind of... I, I just want him to be a little more aggressive and trying to get his own shot at times because he is so good at getting into the paint and... Um, you know, creating for others. It's like, well, okay, now we need to balance that out and really keep the defense on their toes by getting your own shot and getting, you know, there are times where he gets into the mid range and has a pull up jumper where it's like, God, that was sweet. And, you know, sorry to go back to hoop summit, but I think the the first play where I was like, Holy shit was he cry. I forget who's, who is guarding him, but he had a hang dribble and just crossed up some dude and, sent him stumbling the other direction and got to the elbow and just drained a pull-up jumper. It's like, oh my God, just the change of speed there, the fluidity of the jumper. It's like, 
I, where is this the vast majority of your possessions? I, I need to see this more because it's in there. It looks incredible. That's a real tool. That's an NBA tool. Let's see it a little more. I, I think the best phrase you use, and it's my accurate feeling about Garway, is just, I need you to be more aggressive. Like there is stuff that he does where you're like exactly my, you have the same reaction as you. It's I'll just be like, what in the world? Like, (laughs) and it's just, I think that's where you get so excited because you're like, that is there. It's there. It's just the reps, the confidence. It's almost as if he understands his role to be a floor general, put people in position to succeed. But you got to get to that point where you have the confidence in your game to be like, all right, it's time for me to do some stuff. And I think once that balance comes out, and I think Providence is going to be great for him. Um, playing that conference this year is going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of buzz. And, and it's going to be interesting to see. And that's what I'm saying, like wait and see mode with him. And it kind of, it's a gray area for me to say that phrase, but I want to see if all of a sudden the switch comes on where he has a game where it's like, Oh, Garway finished with 20. Like, uh Oh, here we go. Like, because there is stuff he does where you're like, Ooh, that looks like a killer on the court. And I think then you like, I see some flashes of like him attacking the basket and finishing. And then all of a sudden he'll drive the lane and throw down with anger. And you're like, I'm awake. Like, uh, all right, let's go. So, it just needs to be more consistent, be a little bit more because it's also, it's one of those that you wake up and then you're like, okay, you've made a bunch of nice plays, but I want them to attack. I want them to be aggressive. And um, I just feel like there's just that balance and it might be a, a young guard. That's just realizing like, Hey, I'm better offensively <laughs> than I think. So yeah, I, I think that will come around, but I, I'm right there with you. I just need some more aggressiveness. I need, are you going to be a connecting piece or are you going to have that shift in your mind to be like, I'm, I'm the guy I can be the guy. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree. Um, we, we've kind of alluded to us loving the defense. What about it gets you excited? I think it just as a, as a bully, he could be a bully defensively. He can smother you. He can suffocate you. Um, I, I think the hand, like, there's just a lot of really good stuff. What about, I mean, what about you? Do you, do you love the hands? Are, are you, the length just really stands yeah. out to me where it's just like, you could see why he has so much fun defensively. I feel like that's where the, I need the defensive mindset and confidence to match offensively. But what about you? What do you like about the defense? Yeah, and the, the the hands are what really stands out in mm-hmm. the, the length because he's so his timing and accuracy when he like reaches across a guy um and pokes pokes the ball loose, it's a couple times a game and he rarely gets called for a foul on it. He's just so quick, he's so accurate. And the, the, they're not fouls. It's not, you know, bad high school refs or anything. It's a real, real skill. Um, I think there's some real good off ball stuff with him too at six, five now one ninety. I love that size for him, especially as a point of attack defender, you know, makes him real switchable on the perimeter too, especially with those hands. If he's going up against bigger guys who don't necessarily have a tighter handle, he's going to be wreaking havoc on that end. Um, a nitpick is that I think his, how elite his hands are, his, 
can kind of lull him into a sense of over comfortability with his fundamentals and his footwork can get a little sloppy and, you know, on closeouts or stuff and he can get caught reaching and guys will blow past him. So that, that does need to tighten up because at that size um, and he does have the footwork to do it. It's just that consistency of staying locked in and not just be having that mindset of, I can bail myself out because I'm just going to pick this dude's pocket. Cause you know, that gets a lot harder to do as you scale up in levels. So that that's really just a nitpick and i do think yeah. it will get better based on competition and coaching demands and environment and all that stuff there's a lot to like it's really hard to look at his defense and come away with anything other than being super impressed and i think it's easy to nitpick it, it's easy to nitpick with high school film yeah and it's no very problem. easy to also have to remind yourself to be like Let's weigh it. Let's weigh it with it being in high school and being one of the best players on the court. Like we always talk, like the superstar factor is always a realistic thing in high school where we're like, hey, maybe he's coasting a little bit. So, yeah, it's important to take note of it and make your notes of like, hey, I'd like to see this better, be better. Because if that translates to college, then you're like, this is potentially a thing now. Um, But there's so much special fun stuff that he does defensively that I'm like, yeah, I can live with a little bit of that. It's just the fundamentals I think will turn up a little bit because of that next leap. A lot of guys, we see that motor all of a sudden switch because they're like, yeah, I gotta be, I gotta be running full speed, you know, but it's just, it looks like an art to him (laughs) defensively. Like it just looks like it's supposed to exist. Like you're just like, yeah, this is beautiful. It's very fun. Yeah, and and he does so the, the the Clipper running right now. I mean, he does this stuff a couple times a game where he's got a you know they're playing zone, but he's getting a high screen, gets over it, and as he's get get as he's getting over it, he reaches across the ball handler's body and pokes the ball loose, doesn't touch the the ball handler, clean steal, and then takes it the other way for the dunk. Yeah, two dribbles dunk from almost the other three point line. Maybe three if you call it, if you count the gather one Fine, like two, his ability three. but his ability there to simultaneously poke that ball loose while dodging the screen is so impressive. And obviously that's not an elite screen setter necessarily there, but he's still got to get over it. The defense looks things look like they're slowing down for him when he's on defense which gets you the most excited about his upside. It's like, that's where his game is like, welcome to my world, you know, pulling a Freddy Krueger. And it's just, can the offense match that? Can those worlds start to cross paths and be on the same page? And then you're just horrified about the upside because of the tools, the frame, the length. Um, I think the athleticism, as we just saw there is very sneaky. Like he can get up and throw posters down. So it's just a really fun player that it's like, how long does it take for everything to come around? And um, Garway is one of those players that's going to, everyone's going to be just drunk in love. I I can't stand how much I quote Beyonce, but like everyone (laughs) is going to love him as a prospect. If he has a strong couple of games coming out of the gate, because they're just going to be like, he's fun defensively. He looks composed. All of a sudden there's a burst and, wingspan um 
I just, I'm very intrigued. And he does stuff like that. And you're just like, this doesn't make sense. Like he's a so, very, he's a rewind player. Like, well, okay, we're rewind that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just, and this just comes out of nowhere. So I, he's getting a high pick and roll. He gets blitzed out of it. Just effortlessly goes behind his back through tri- splits the, the double and pulls up over the help defender in the mid range and drains the jumper. And those, those mechanics look good. It looks smooth. It looks effortless. Just the, the burst on that dribble move, the confidence in it, the just zero hesitation, completely unfazed by the defender. And it's just like, eh, okay. He, he looks bored. It's like, really? Like you're, you're going to try and steal this from me. All right. I'm just going to go do this. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> defense doesn't know what the hell just happened (laughs) yeah what in the world how did you get by us like it's just some stuff that you're like what like and you just gotta make note of like this could be something special because that play looks so simple to Mm -hmm. him it makes it look easy and you're just like is this something like awesome that's just gonna start happening more often or I don't know. It's I just think it's a matter of time with him. Like, how long does he take to figure it out? Like, that's great. Yeah. So on a string, like the concern about him being skinny here, he uses his length to kind of counter that. He's not afraid of contact. He knows how to negate the shot blocker. Again, just playing at his own speed, just crosses up the defender, quick burst, keeps him on his hip jumps into the shot blocker extends with the with, with his right hand and finishes with the ball in a spot that the help defender has no chance of getting to and it's thin bodied but that's that's the understanding of angles to mm-hmm. counter that and the the determination to not be afraid to go at size and i think this is where people like have to understand why evaluators get drunk with the wingspan stuff is because if you understand how it could be a weapon for you offensively too yeah like extending that arm to shield you and be able to finish with the touch like that's where you're like all right there's some understanding there's some great basketball feel with and and the the willingness and eagerness to create that contact it's like yeah he's skinny he's a teenager he's in high school 90% 90% of these guys are skinny and 100% of them are going to get stronger. So it's exactly. like you, you can add strength, you can add muscle, you can get a guy stronger. You can't, it's a lot more difficult to change the mindset of a guy who's timid and afraid of contact while being skinny. But if they're already, if they're skinny and they already have that mindset of, I don't care who's coming at me. Like, I'm just going to finish through them. Like, I don't care about contact. That is really encouraging. So the, I think there's some really fun scoring upside with him um but for me it's the playmaking stuff is like day one ready just to go i mean yeah it's erotic sequence (laughs) um to go off of what you just said it's always funny to me the skinny guy that is fearless to get to initiate contact that all of a sudden puts on 15 pounds Mm -hmm. is a scary person which just became a scary did. person because he's like, oh, all of a sudden I can dish out a little contact. Um, but yeah, this is the stuff you see where it's just ridiculous, great feel. Like 
the maturity with that possession of right after his counter to understand ball's got to go to the corner because he just feels out three defenders closing on him four, um, and he understands where the ball should go. Like passes it on the money brick, but I, it just, you love it. And I feel like you see a lot of that stuff. And that's where I get excited is like the defense. And then all of a sudden the playmaking comes alive. Like he's a snake through traffic. Sometimes it's just understanding how to use that step and, Getting places with each dribble is something that will drive me so in love. Like when you have one dribble and look at how far he just got off of that crossover. Um, that's understanding your length and woof. Yeah, and I I just love how patient he is in you know these clips where it's all right explode off the first screen all right now i got a second screen let's decelerate see what this defender does all right help defender screwed up his side to defend i'm gonna snake back across where i just came from explode into there draw three defenders i know i have two guys on the wing here i'm gonna you know look look off the corner defender look up to the wing make a no look pass out to the corner for a wide open three I mean, put that one more time, Metcalf. I'm sorry. I wanted to see something. One, two. So after that first cross, it takes him two dribbles to get from basically half court to lower block. I mean, it's just that stuff that stands out to me of like getting somewhere with your steps, getting somewhere with your your moves, your counters. And I know there's a lot of guys that like it. You know, Giannis, obviously, because he's built like an alien where he can just get places quick. But like if you're a guard with that size and you yeah. can accomplish covering ground without needing to dribble the ball 10 times, like that's tough to deal with. Yeah. And then just this last one again, just sh- changing gears, getting to where he needs to go, m- moving defenders and making the just the right read. Um, you know, just toying with his on ball defender here. And that's, that's Jacoby Walter. That <laughs> that's a good defender. It's just it's so hard to it, it, being slithery like this is really tough to deal with defensively because you can move quick to set people up mm-hmm. and then you can just wiggle your way past defenders. And guys are like, what the heck? How did he get by me? And, and then all of a sudden he's, Dribbling the ball low to kick it out. It's just it's just special stuff. It's a rough three. Um yeah. but yeah, and and I just I love the there are a couple times where he could have made this pass where okay, so he could make it, you know, the pass to the corner now, but that guy, you know, is that necessarily the right time? I don't think so. Does that defender get his hand on it? Potentially. Um, you know, if he goes wing then to corner, I think the defense is rotating by then. Keep like you said, keeps his handle low through a lot of traffic there collapses the defense just to create that even bigger window for the shooter who doesn't capitalize. Yeah. That was a tough, tough attempt. Hopefully it's better now. Okay. Um, <laughs> I I think Bryce Hopkins is going to have fun with playing with Garway. That, that's well, it should be say. a very fun combination for sure. Bryce is going to get a lot of easy buckets because of 
Garway and I think the other world too. I love Bryce. I'm, I'm pumped to watch him. I just feel like he's a fun college guy to watch and enjoy. Watch teams try to figure out how to slow him down. Modus Buzelis, um, arguably saving the best for last. Uh, ESPN's highest rated recruit um, out of these three that we're talking about today. Number five on their um, recruiting ranks for this year. I have him listed at six foot nine, 190 pounds. Probably going to both going to be higher once Ignite releases their kind of full scope um, or the, the, their rosters to start the year. But for a guy his size, very skinny. I'm really struggling with Buzelis. Um, Rucker, where do you want to start with him? I, I think he's been one of the most hyped guys. Um, there's been a lot of people that are like, hey, this is my number one, which will get my full focus because I'm like, if you're getting the preseason number one tag, I need to see what you're all about. Um, very skinny, very athletic. I think gorgeous shot. Like he can shoot the crap out of the ball. Um, if he, he could put a move on you and get somewhere in a hurry when it comes to a straight line driving, but I'm not there to have him number one. Um, I think it's a more of a wait and see for me because I think that physicality with the G league, can he survive against some of those bigger guys that are hungry and, going to be vicious. And I know, you know, as we're recording this, he's got a big test coming up with, uh, I think September 6th, September 8th, which be look on the lookout. I think we're going to try to do a playback for all those fans. We've mm-hmm. missed doing those, but um, the G league are playing the Perth wildcats. That'll be awesome. Alex are getting to see Holland and Bazellas. Hopefully um, if they have some out of nowhere where they're like, Oh, they're not playing. I'm going to lose, <laughs> just lose it. Um, I I was very out on Buzelis at one and I was very critical of like having him as a top three guy. And me and you have talked behind the scenes is just like, uh, the more I've watched, the more I've gotten intrigued, but I'm not still there. I think Buzelis would be an awesome piece to have as your NBA third guy or connecting piece where you're just like, he can shoot it. He's six, nine, he's got some bounce. He can get downhill. He'd be a really nice, fun piece to grow with. I just don't see a world in which he's the guy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely get that. So I, I, I think we differ on him in a couple areas um, already. The physicality. Really? I don't think he's a good athlete. Oh, okay. I think he's stiff. I think he's slow. I'm just saying he can can dunk it. Yeah, he can. Oh, yeah, he's 6'9". I know, but he can get, he can do some stuff around there. And I agree. If you're 6'9", you should be dunking it. But I feel like it's all really stiff and very much one speed. I He's very good at getting to his spots um, because I think his footwork and his balance are exceptional. And that comes through on the defensive end as well. I think he moves his feet really well. Um, I think his positioning is really good when he kind of meanders into the lane. He's really difficult for defenders to keep from getting to, to keep him from getting where he wants to go. I think he does that a lot. And then he'll like kind of just methodically get into like these mid range turnarounds. Um, but n- 
nothing that he really does screams athletic to me. Yeah, I, I guess the athleticism above the rim is what I'm saying. Like he can be a guy that plays with some some verticality, but I'm right there with you with a with off the dribble. Um, you stop the first one, and it's almost like okay, move on. And that's where I'm at. Where it's like, I, if my number one guy can't get his own, I'm. I'm going to struggle to put you that, t- that high. And it's like, there's a lot of times where he has some flashes of counters where he gets places fast and like he can, yeah, cover- I think he has a good handle and yes. like, can and- counter defensive mistakes and stuff like that. Yes. And if he has an opening, he can get somewhere mm-hmm. fast. It's just, I don't see the full creation package there yet. And it might take it. That's why the ignites perfect for him because they will work on that. Um, but there is stiffness to me. I get what you're saying. Um, it's just a tough one because everyone's going to be like, well, he could shoot the crap. And I, the numbers at high school look really, really well, but they're they're incredible. Yeah. I mean, he's like mid forties from high school, which, it's a I mean, beautiful stroke from outside. I spot up his 81st percentile um, pick and roll ball handler, 83rd percentile overall jump shots, 87th percentile, um, 44% overall from the floor, true shooting percentage of 61.6 on jumpers, uh, 48% from two, 43% from three, uh, 83rd percentile shooting off the catch, 96th percentile shooting off the dribble. And that's, at sunrise um through however many games 423 possessions there's and people are gonna be like those numbers are awesome what are you talking there's just stuff that i'm wondering how he's gonna look with the ignite when i don't think he's gonna be just this give me the ball and let me go to work i think he's gonna be if you could get buzelas and you have a uh, what team should we use as an example? Detroit. Fine. Um, I'm just saying like the idea of like, Cade's the guy you have Ivy, you have Durant. If you could add Buzelis on the wing. Oh yeah. I would love that because yeah. of the size, the outside shooting, the simplicity to make his game and, yeah. and have an impact. But if I was a team and I'm drafting Buzelis to be the guy right now, you know, August 31st, as we're recording, I'm just saying right now, this could completely shift. He's with, he's going to the right place with the ignite that will develop the weaknesses of his game Mm -hmm. right now, though, I would be scared. But as I just said, going to the perfect place that will work on making him a more all around player. And I like the, the foundation of stuff, but there's just yeah. more questions with his game than like my, I have Justin Edwards at one. I feel much better right now about Justin Edwards and Bozellus has some fun tools. Um, I just have questions. Yeah. And, and he's by August, all accounts so, and by, yeah, and by ahead. all accounts, he's one of these kids who gets it and has an awesome work ethic. So, yes. it, you know, when we're talking about, yeah, he needs to get stronger. I expect him to, I think he's going to, um, 
I don't think he's going to shoot it at the same level that he did in high school. That's not saying he's a bad shooter. I think he's a very good shooter and in time can get to be the shooter that we hope he can be and, you know, resemble what he was as a shooter in high school. But I think there are major fixes that need to go into it when we think about comparing him going up against NBA competition. He wasn't typically being defended by another 6'9", 200-pound dude. He was typically being defended by like a 6'6", 175-pound dude. Um, and being able to kind of methodically get to your spots and then turn turn around and shoot over a guy is a lot easier. He's not going to be able to do that in the G League, at least right now. A lot can change once they actually start playing. Who knows? I hope I'm wrong. I just have a lot of questions, and this isn't to say that I'm out on Buzelis by any means. I just think there are a lot of red flags. The jumper feels really slow. I love him as a spot-up shooter. When you talk about putting him in a place like Detroit, playing off a guy, off of guys like Cade and Ivy, and you know, being that floor spacer, spotting up, um, and being that knockdown shooter, I think that's awesome. I don't. He's not going to be a guy running off screens. I don't think the pull-up game is going to be as efficient and deadly as it was in high school. I just, I think there are a lot there's a lot of stuff that he has to go through and how he responds to the difficulties and the physicality of the G league is going to be fascinating because it it's re- I think out of all of the ignite guys this year, I think he could be the one that faces the toughest tests. Yeah. And before every Pistons fan gets pissed off, I did not forget about Asar. I brought him up basically in the first five minutes of last two episodes. So let's calm down. But I'm just saying I'm, that was the first team that came off the top of my head where I'm trying to point out you have a clear guy, which would be Kate. And then if Bazellus could, you could shine his strengths. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be a great addition. But um, I'm not there right now to draft Bazellus to be, if I, a number one pick, I have to have the feeling that he can become the engine to an offense. Like I could give him the ball and be like, we need a bucket, go get it. Bazellus is not there for me right now. Um, call it a frame thing. I, it's not just the frame for me. I'm just watching him on the court and I don't, I'm not there. Um, we'll see. Like I completely will back you up. I think he faces the most challenges. Ron Holland, I think is still going to find a way to be this high motor garbage guy that does makes a lot of points on cleanup duty and is going to be athletic and he cuts and can get downhill fast. Fine. Um, Puzelis, I think is just gonna, he's going to face some challenges with some scrappy, hungry defenders that will get up right in him. Hope I'm wrong. I really, really hope I'm wrong because there, there is a world in which he gets punched in the mouth right away and in the beginning of the year adjusts and things start to click. And then you're like, this is the upside. This is the potential. This is what everyone was excited about. And I'm right there with you, Metcalf. I'm not trying to just be like, oh, I'm out on Bazalis. I'm, I'm very intrigued. If he shoots even close to where he just shot, yeah, we're going to be talking about him yes. as a top three pick. But Right now, I have a lot of questions. And anyone that has him at number one, I get it. Yep. I just, it's not my cup of tea right this second. And that's why we wait for a full year of film and we evaluate and why why I will be going to see the Ignite this year multiple times. Yeah, so I'm, 
both of us have always been really big proponents of the Ignite program and how they get those players the most NBA ready by working on their weaknesses and putting them in in uncomfortable situations to really grow their game and make them well-rounded players, even though, you know, it's historically so far in what, what are we three years in? Um, it's kind of hurt all of their draft stocks because they haven't been these incredible performers who have just shown out, which I, I think is, you know, should be expected. But then we look at how they've all kind of transitioned to the NBA. A lot of them have really grown their games in really important ways. So I kind of expect Buzelis's draft stock to get hurt by this process. I don't think I would be really surprised if he ends up going number one. And that's not to say that he isn't worthy of going number one, you know, 10 years from now, but I think he's going to face a lot of trials that shine some really bright lights on weaknesses of his game. But I think it's going to be really good for him in terms of getting NBA ready. It wouldn't surprise me if he has a, pre-draft year similar to what we saw from Usman Jang, where that first half was awful. He looked atrocious. He didn't look like he belonged on the same court as a lot of those guys. And then he started turning stuff around, the the physicality, the speed. It all started, he, he started catching up to all of it. And things really started clicking for him on both ends. Buzelis has the foundation of a player who should be top five, who should, you know, top 10 minimum. So it wouldn't surprise me if he gets off to a really rough start and then things start clicking for him and he builds his way back up into the lottery and, you know, even potentially top, top five, because there is that foundation. And we haven't even talked about how good of a passer he is. It's Jaden Hardy. Like we, we just saw this with Jaden Hardy. Everyone freaked out about the high turnovers, the low shooting percentage to start out the year. And it's like, it's so important with the Ignite to understand the bigger picture when you're watching these guys. Like if Buzelis comes out of the gate and then struggles, maybe they're putting him in a position to run the show offensively. Or maybe they're putting him in a point to be like, you're going to have to learn to create offensively. Like we might run some ISO plays for you. They don't care about winning the whole G League. They care about developing these players. So I'm right there with you. It would not shock me if... Maybe it takes a little tumble because it's a slow start. Maybe things are struggling to figure it out. And that's why I love the exhibition game that's coming up with the NBL. Like that's a brilliant idea. I love that. I hope that's a thing they do every year. And it would not shock me if it's kind of like a a downward motion to fall right back up where he starts to kind of click and figure it out. And it seemed like a great kid that works his butt off. I mean, I, I imagine he's going to end up being in the conversation of, of being in the top 10 easily, but it won't surprise me if it goes either way. It won't surprise me if he hits the ground running and he looks awesome um, because it seems like every year that happens where it's just boom. It's like, Oh, they're okay. All right. Buckle up. Like, and you know, we're not perfect. But we, we've had our mistakes, but I'm cautious right now when it comes to Bazellus and being like, this is my number one guy. I'm like, Ooh, n- no, not, not, not right now, but I can be wrong. And I hope I am wrong. And I hope he's just lighting the net on fire from outside. And I'm like, Phew, buckle up. Let's go. Where are you at with him defensively? <sighs> I, there, 
I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's not bad. It's not something where I'm like, oh, he's a travesty. Um, I think there's just, I need, I need some proof that like if he struggles out of the gate offensively and really buys in defensively to just, I'll be like, okay, I'm in, I'll I'll Mm -hmm. buy into some stock. But what about you, Mecca? I struggle with it because I like, I, I think you, I think he's a good processor. I think he has good awareness. Um, I think he's a good help side defender. I think he moves the flashiness. I think he moves his feet really well. Um, He's slow, but I think his balance and footwork is really good. So there is some kind of switchability type potential. Um, I worry about the lack of rim protection. Um, I think he's a really, really, really good, like secondary shot blocker, not like the traditional, um like weak side you know swatting it into the fifth row type but like when a guy gets kind of hung up by their primary defender or walled up he's really good at coming in from behind or from the side and you know being that second guy to swipe down on the shot um so i that that that's a real skill i think it gets moved incredibly easily because of that frame right and he's He's going to get stronger. I know he's going to get stronger. No, yes. But But make no mistake. It's it's going to lead to a lot of really troubling video compilations on Twitter this this year. It's going to lead to a lot of, you know, probably troubling think pieces on him. There's going to be a lot of really bumpy roads because of that frame and lack of strength where it is currently. But what's going to be more important for me is how is he battling? Is he is he absorbing the contact? Is he in the right position? Is he doing the right things, but just getting out muscled? Because if that's the case, that's like, okay, well, two years from now, he's going to be strong enough to deal with that. And he already has the mental aspect down where he is in those positions. So that that's more how I'm kind of approaching what his defense or the, the scouting process of his defense this year. And it's not frame shaming. Like, it's just, no. this is the truth. Teenager. Like, Chet was skinny. Chet Holmgren was a skinny player. We everyone wanted to talk about the frame, but I was like, "But do you watch him defensively? Like, do you see what he's doing on the court? Do you see how he's using his frame, his thin frame, to dominate defensively? Yeah, and also make a factor or, or an impact around the basket." Bazelis is gonna get bullied. Like he, there are hungry, hungry, possessed guys in the G League that are doing everything in their power to make it on a roster. And Bazelis is going to be going up against them. And they're going to say, this is a skinny guy that I'm going to go right at his body. I'm right there with you. If he could just keep battling and show that he's willing to take on the punishment and then all of a sudden starts to adjust. Yeah. We're going to look down in a couple of years and be like, Oh, he put on 20 pounds over two years and now he's dishing it out. And, just going to be a really interesting year with that Ignite team because there's some preseason names that I'm more excited about making noise going upwards than some consensus have these names at the top. Mm-hmm. And I, there's a lot of names on that roster I'm really excited about. Um, I know everyone's Pizellis, Ron Holland are the big names, but there's some other ones I'm really pumped to, to see. Same. Um, that's all I got on Buzelis. We're rooting for him. Want to be wrong. By no means are either of us out on him. No, not um, at all. 
Any final thoughts on him? No, I, I just don't. We're doing the preseason stuff to educate on questions and, and where we want to see improvement areas. Just mm-hmm. because we talked about this with Bazellas does not mean I'm like, oh, I'm out on Bazellas. I mean, not even close. No. I just think there's a lot of questions for a player that I'm potentially going to have, or a lot of people are going to have number one. I just have yeah. more questions. And if you have them number one, I just said, I'm fine with it. I understand why people are going to be intrigued with his talent. I just think there's a lot of prove it areas. We're like, I need you to prove this. I need you to prove this. And when those add up, mm-hmm. you're not necessarily going to answer every single one. So it's just like, what what is going to develop? What are we going to be looking at? And I could just see it kind of being, you know, the last thing I would say is, and where I'm going with that is, Every year, there's a preseason guy in the top five that does not end up in the top five. And it would not shock me if Bazellus is that guy. Mm-hmm. Might be his teammate. I don't know. There's a lot of other guys that I think are going on the way up, trajecting to go up. And I think Bazellus has a case in which I wouldn't be surprised if he goes down. He could be at number one still in a couple months. And we could be like, okay, we were wrong. But I think there's a world in which he could go down a little bit. 100% agree. Um, that's all I got, Rucker. That's all and, I got. And, and I, I believe you have a couple pieces coming next week. Yeah, I'm going to do a little uh, two-parter. Get the. I mean, everyone's getting the itch. It's funny to go back and kind of see that there's a lot of drafts opening or loaded right now at no ceiling. So everyone's getting the itch. We're going to yeah. open the floodgates and be fully back soon. But... I'm going to do a little bit of a two-parter, um, and the goal is to give everyone some excitement I, I, about the 24 class. I'm talking about a wide range of prospects. That's why it's two parts. Um, basically, it's pulse check. So I think everyone's going to enjoy it. It's just me having way too many thoughts that I had to get on paper, and one night I was finally like, enough's enough. Let's get writing, and then I got to a point where I was like, Yep, this needs to be a two-parter. It's too long. <laughs> so um, I'm excited about that one. I'll have that up next week. Um, but yeah, Metcalf, thanks thanks for doing this one. We're close. We're closing in. We're less very than, close. Less than 70 days till college basketball. I think we're around 50-something days for NBA. So we're close. Love it. Um, I, I will also be having a big Jacoby Walter piece Ooh. coming soon. I'm saying it on here to hold myself accountable because I have it written in my head. There's but, nothing better but, than doing that. I have, I'm a king of doing that, like posting it on Twitter did, just so I'll be like, I have to write it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> like, Well, shit, people know about it now. Um, so that'll be coming hopefully in the next week or so. Um, but once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. He is Tyler Rucker at Tyler underscore Rucker. You can find all of our merchandise at noceilingsnba.bigcartel.com. All of our written work that is 100% free at noceilingsnba.com. At noceilingsnba across all socials, No Ceilings TV on YouTube. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating. Till next time, see ya.